Friends and colleagues uh, in medical affairs, pharma and medical devices. My name is Tim Mikhailashvili, and today we're going to be talking about an amazing meeting we just attended, we just returned from, that took place in Paris, France, some time uh, ago, which now is seems to be so long, <laughs> May 15th to 17th. And uh, uh, we, we're live. We're live on LinkedIn, on across social media. Uh, on YouTube as well, on Facebook. We have lots of our friends, colleagues attending, uh, th those who uh, were in France, those who may have missed it. So make sure to comment. We're going to be sharing some of our highlights, our most memorable moments, uh, but please add to the conversation. Uh, today, I'm joined by my friends and leaders in medical affairs who are experts, who have moderated some sessions, who attended, uh, who participated in a lot of, a lot of the very innovative discussions that took place, forward-looking discussions. And we have Mark Shirokman, the Global Chief Executive Officer of Medivoke, uh, also Global Executive Officer of Medistrava, Viorica Branista, uh, uh, Medical uh, Excellence Director and Patient Engagement Director at Kiowa Karen, uh, as well as Marcus West, CEO of 60seconds.com, and Meg Heim, uh, President and Founder of Heim Consulting Group. Thanks. Thanks, everyone, for joining. Thanks for having us, Tim. Uh, I know that this, uh, there's a lot of interest in, in this meeting. And uh, besides the fact that it took place in a very beautiful, memorable Paris, France, I want to ask you what your most memorable highlights were from a lot of the sessions that you moderated or attended. So whoever wants to start, please. Tim, I'll jump in. So um, first sure. of all, it was great to see everybody in person. That was really amazingly exciting. Um, I think from my standpoint, the engagement was really amazing, no matter if you were having coffee or you were at an event. Um, one of the great presentations um, that I saw was actually a key recurrent uh, presentation where they did qualitative research in R&D and medical work early on and then actually publish that research on the patient and really utilize that as they brought the products to market. So I think the message there was medical often and early. And we don't typically have a seat at the table early enough, um, which we're promoting always, but that's really one of the key components for me. That was, that was an excellent presentation. Uh, yeah, so getting medical involved early and that seemed to be a very recurring theme. Uh, and what I found interesting was that a lot of what I have observed in North America is also very true across Europe and across the globe, same issues that we're facing. And Mark? Um, even to start off with, I think the vision to action, medical affairs, time to lead is such a key. Um, it, it's such a great vision statement because, you know, when you look at the medical affairs role and you went to some of the workshops, so, so I really enjoyed the workshops. I feel like those are areas where, you know, they talk about either a case or a study or some information, and then we go into a breakout mode. And then within your groups, you discuss it. And a lot of times we not only talk about the success that's taking place, but we talk about some of the areas where they may have not had a conclusion. And those are really interesting because we can use that as a, as a, as a point of reference to improve upon. And um, those workshops, then when we get an opportunity then to present back as a group and have a broader discussion um, are really worth their time and effort to be part of. 
Yeah, agree. Fully agree. Anyone else? Marcus, Viorica? Yeah, sure. Look, I've, I've, um, I think I uh, <clears throat> really enjoyed the field coaching day uh, on the Sunday. Uh, we've got a particular interest in, in uh, enhancing coaching culture. And um, I think that day was so interesting because it was a real deep dive into uh, various um, skills around coaching. And I think uh, one thing that I found, I think, humorous and um, very instructive at the same time was to actually see uh, some examples of a uh, virtual coaching interaction and um, uh, perhaps a not so good example to start with and then a better example and why. And uh, I think the power of reflecting uh, on video uh, to see uh, exactly how people can improve that interaction uh, is enormously important. I think the world of uh, the world of sales and uh, sales coaching has for so long had structures and processes and ways to execute and create uh, swim lanes for people to operate in and to strive for excellence. But I think uh, in medical affairs, there's uh, uh, that's something that people are coming to grips with. And I think that's a really exciting uh, possibility to work out how to share best practice, how to create uh, uh, an environment where people can really flourish in terms of the way that they communicate the scientific narrative. Uh, we have a very global audience, by the way. Our attendees are uh, today here that you see are from New York, New, New Jersey, London, joining us from France. Meg, where, where are you from? I know you've been traveling. You were in Switzerland at the World Health Forum. Uh, I made it back yesterday. So I'm in South Carolina, but uh, I had the opportunity to go to Geneva after Paris and really um, work with the World Heart Federation and the World Health Assembly. And, and those meetings and, you know, much of what I heard at MAPS was so relevant about what we're doing early on to advance the lives of patients. But I think what was also important is where the science, where we really need that deep understanding of how our digital work and our science comes together to really provide global access and democratize information and scientific exchange. Yeah, and uh, yeah, we, we, it's a global, you know, perspective also on, on on coaching and the need for coaching. That I wanted to also ask for your opinions to Marcus Marcus's you know comments. Uh, there was we had a leadership session led by Brent Bryant. Right. So, what are some of your opinions on the points Marcus brought up uh, on the need for coaching? in medical affairs or what type of coaching what is it business acumen for example is it in the field medical affairs is it I, Eureka? I, yeah, maybe you I, can I may take that um well i think for coaching we need coaching at more or less or at least training at different levels i know that we discussed during uh, a lot during these days about insights how do we collect insights what do we do with that uh, where how do we communicate and also we know that some of the um, a source of the insights might be the field medical. So we discussed about how do we train them to be sure that they collect insights correctly. So meaning how do how do we train, how do we coach as well? And uh, as I would also add the session from that um, Marcus mentioned about the the coaching because in the digital area uh, area is quite difficult now. So it's in interesting to see how how we coach and also we interact with different stakeholders.
with patients, patients, uh, regulatory uh, payers. So I would assume that we need also some trainings and develop some capabilities how to correctly interact with them. Yeah, couldn't, couldn't agree more. Uh, I think we can all use um, not one coach, but multiple coaches, uh, multiple mentors as well, uh, particularly in this type of environment in which we live, in which we're very distracted, uh, right? We spend more time alone digitally with our smartphones and uh, uh, and we're, we tend to over-specialize in our area, in one area that we know, right? We're familiar with. So uh, that's why I'm a big proponent of mentorship uh, because I can trace any uh, leaps I've made of success through the relationships I've made, well, mentors that I've had. And so this, this is a perfect time actually for us to raise the awareness of MAPS as an organization because it's a huge community that it has built. Uh, those of you who are in pharma, in medical devices, in biotech, uh, please take a look at MAPS, Medical Affairs Professional Society. Join, become active. All of us are active here that you see on, on this panel here today on LinkedIn Live. And also the mentorship program. We have a mentorship program that we kicked off in 2020. So, um, yeah, so Marcus brought up coaching. I, I couldn't, I would be remiss not to mention that. Um, yeah, I see you smiling, Mark. You have, you have some comments on mentorship and coaching or? Yeah, you know, our one of our uh, breakouts was um, articulating the value of external education. So we actually had a, a forum where we had a workshop and we really talked about how you can articulate the value and really giving the audience some of the tools to do that. Because as you know, you have to sell things internally and medical affairs is touching all areas. Um, one of the things about medical affairs is it's growing, it's getting more complicated. They really need to show their value. Um, and when you look at what's happening in, in the whole area over the last two years with, with COVID and the pandemic, everything has gone where it's gone digital. So the digital information has exploded where in medical affairs, in the science area, it's actually outgrown other areas. So it's so important that we work on these skill sets so that we can sell internally, so that we can get the fundings to do the right things for medical affairs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mark, very well, well said. I couldn't agree more. And I think one of the things that you mentioned, Tim, is about the silos. Um, you know, we had a field team, a uh, field day, um, which I've loved since the beginning. But in many countries and many of our colleagues around the globe are wearing multiple hats. They're doing field, they're doing medical affairs. And in the countries where you're fortunate enough to have separate, um, it shouldn't be separate. And I think that's where a big piece of the coaching is, is showing the value of each person in the organization and how they connect together to make us all better. That's where the mentorship comes. That's where the coaching comes. Everybody's bringing such value but we need to be able to communicate the value of each part of the organization. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, ben, ben Bryant, I took a note, a picture of the quote that he shared, our leadership keynote speaker, right, at Mapsimia. And he, he said, leaders are not paid to make the inevitable happen. Uh, they're paid to make happen what otherwise would not happen. That, that was inspiring, you know, I, I thought. Uh, so there's, you know, there's clearly a need for coaching, being able to demonstrate internal value, like Mark said, based on how we communicate. And maybe we need to update and change how we communicate and collaborate 
uh, internally and across the functions as well. Before I ask you about the next meetings, uh, since Viorica did mention insights, I know there were several different sessions on insights, and uh, one talked about uh, in inflation of insights, right? These because insights are probably one of the most valuable pieces of information that we communicate internally in medical across the different functions. But here's a slide from one of the sessions uh, that uh, I, I moderated that I know Viorica was also part of. In terms of showing this impact of lag time on insights from the time you generate them to when you capture them and you communicate them. And what if you were to change how you communicate those insights and you shortened that distance was something that we talked about in, in this session, perhaps using a smartphone. Uh, that's that has an API or that's connected to the CRM that you're using, the database. Those were some of the discussions that took place on Insights. Mark, uh, I know that you you had you were very active in, in both of those sessions. Uh, what are your you know takes on on Insights? How we can improve sharing them quicker and you know the actionable insights that matter. Yeah, and thank you, Tim. I, you know, one of the things is when we look at data, you know what lens, what filter are we looking through? And, and what data are we looking at? And how often are we looking at? These are all like important questions that you need to, to ask. Um, and it's once you get the insight, what strategy? And then how do you how do you even look at it to say, you know, how often you check back in to see if there's any kind of change or, or measurement that you can make? Um, one of the key things that I heard during the course of the, the conference at MAPS was that you know, maybe at that point, maybe you should reach out and get a, get a consultant or some help. Because, you know, what I said earlier, too, it's a little overwhelming. Um, we've been involved in so many different companies to be brought in for help. And, um, you know, I, I feel for them because it is overwhelming. And, you know, what budget do you have to apply and what timeline? So these are all important questions. But I think one of the key takeaways that I got was, you know, it's, it's okay to ask for help as a leader because medical affairs is growing so much and so quickly, quickly, it's, it's important to ask for help. And there is a lot of companies out there that can help. So uh, one of the uh, memorable sessions was led by Avishek Pal uh, from Novartis uh, in the director of scientific communication there. And uh, he wasn't able to make this session because of his schedule, but I want to share some of his highlights as well that he shared with me. Uh, so here, here they are. I mean, he has five, five highlights for, uh, for all of us uh, in medical affairs from this meeting. So number one, the critical role medical insights play in the development of an integrated medcom strategy and plan. Number two, cross-functional collaboration is essential in identifying the communication objectives, target audience beyond HCPs and insights interpretation. So uh, a lot of, so how, what stakeholders, right. And, uh, how we interpret those insights, and, uh, cross-functionally. And third, the co-creation journey is crucial rather than it being an exercise in compilation of final functional plans. So how, how do you really create that and generate the evidence, um, with your cross-functional colleagues? Fourth was identifying channels and type of content is key to enhance reach and engagement among target audience. So what channels are you using, right? Um, and fifth, predefining KPIs or performance metrics in order to measure success and refine strategy and plan execution, which is an iterative process. You have to uh, refine the data, right? Uh, when I interviewed uh, the chief growth officer at Salesforce, Tiffany Boba, 
she provided an interesting analogy that data is like oil. You can't pull up a car to the oil rig uh, and fuel it up until it has to be refined. So uh, any, any, any comments on those, so those five takeaways from Abhishek there? Anything, any one of those five that resonates with you? For me, um, I really think that the cross collaboration is something that not that doesn't happen once a year. Okay, the strategy medical has got to be involved in it. They are really uh, the tentacles reach deep and far into all parts of the organization, and you know there's a lot of great things being done around the company, but it has to be brought together. As far as the uh, analogy of pulling up to the oil rig, I couldn't agree more. Not only does it have to be refined, but you can't get refinement until you get better stuff in the beginning and a clear message um, to what you are communicating, what your strategy is, and then those insights make more or less sense. And then really measuring them and doing it in a way that's systematic and using technology from some of the companies that are out there right now, from an AI standpoint, um, many of us have data lakes in our companies at this point, mm -hmm. but I think it's really important that also medical knows about what are those other things that can shorten that timeline that you talked about, Tim. Yep. Yeah, thank you, uh, Meg. Uh, so we're getting some comments, and I want to remind those of you who are watching, share your comments. Ask, ask our uh, experts here and our, and our friends uh, your questions, and also share some of your lessons as well. One thing I want to ask is, did you find anything controversial? Did you find anything that was very surprising at, at this meeting? So I will just say that during the plenary session um, that I... I uh, had the opportunity to host. Um, there was a question from the audience about how did people feel about commercial having off-label conversations? Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it's controversial or if it's a sign of the times. I believe medical has really shown their value during COVID. The deep relationships, the scientific conversations have gotten deeper because people need information. Um, and so I think, you know, it's just a sign of the times. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if it is going where it's going to end. Um, I think there's clear guidance in countries about what medical can do and what commercial can do. But I do think it's a conversation we need to have and we need to look at very seriously. I'd, I'd just add add to that uh, comment there from uh, from Meg. I think what, what I've noted uh, uh, during the... Uh, period of COVID is that I've never seen so many medical scientists on uh, television uh, as we have during this period. Um, I didn't realise, in fact, that in the world there were so many epidemiologists. Um, but I, I did find that uh, from the beginning, uh, there was this uh, obviously need for them to be able to uh, communicate uh, their uh, ideas, uh, their insights, uh, in a succinct fashion, and one uh, coming from outside and looking into uh, the health sciences industry, uh, I'm constantly uh, told that, uh, unfortunately, a lot of MSLs, they do what is called the data dump. Uh, 
And so um, uh, I think what uh, a big challenge is, is the, the ability for uh, that succinct, tight, uh, compelling messaging. You know, we live in the TikTok age, we live in the Twitter age. And I think that's a that's a great challenge for all of us to work out how to uh, repackage something that is uh, quite a dry message into something that really sticks. Marcus, and you you help some of the field medical affairs colleagues, right? With uh, with the coach at 60seconds.com, right? To overcome that barrier, right? That digital, that uh, the, the yeah. few seconds of attention that you have, right? So I actually yeah. like the 60seconds.com. Interesting, very interesting name for, for your company. Well, I think it's about helping coaching too. I think coaching, that's why I was so interested in that field medical session to see those conversations that happen. I mean, um, you know, helping people to perform at their best uh, is, it's, a, it's an art form. And I think not only do MSLs need coaching, but coaches also need coaching too. Sure. And, and you've mentioned mentoring. You know that that's a great sort of uh, um, way to have input uh, for medical managers and medical advisors uh, to really help them get the most out of that mentoring and that coaching conversations they're having internally yeah. with their people. Yeah, something that I found surprising that I didn't expect was medical affairs improving sales forecasting or making sales forecasts more accurate. That came up in a couple of sessions. So that was what was controversial or interesting, not controversial, encouraging, actually, for me. Anybody, did anybody hear that? Yeah, I, I, one of the sessions, I actually heard the word ROI, um, and I was kind of <laughs> shocked. So, um, you know, I think that as medical affairs becomes more part of the nucleus of making decisions, making things happen, um, they're also being scrutinized and being held accountable a little bit more. So I think they're looking for ways you know, when you take the example of even data, data has multiplied so much. And then really, whether you're looking at a platform or you're just looking at it through a lens, it's what strategy are you doing? And then what kind of effect are you having? So I think it's the effect of, of what are they putting out there? What are they disseminating? And then saying to themselves, all right, so so how have we changed anything? Um, so I think that now as we look at it from, from that lens um, and we look at it full circle, those are the things that are, I think are going to become important. Yeah. So, you know, the comment of ROI, I really believe that the medical affairs groups really needs to sustain the dialogue of their impact, their KPIs. ROI is a commercial organization that people understand, but I don't believe medical has really, um, put the nomenclature, the information around where the impact that they bring to the table, impact on patient lives from a payer standpoint, impact from early on in clinical development with uh, engagement, with uh, working with APOR and publications and what that impact is. So I think we've had impact. I think that um, we've not communicated it well. And I think that's part of the most, you know, really important that medical gets on the front of this because our legal colleagues do not want to hear ROI. Okay. But people want, but the accountability is what value do you bring? 
Absolutely. That's an area of my interest, personal interest, Megan. I think we have to cross those borders somehow and redefine the, the, those gatekeepers that we create ourselves as well, potentially. So I know I didn't attend as many sessions that I wanted to, and there's sessions that actually I missed on med medical education, Mark, that I know you and Olga Salvidio did. But what I want to ask is what topics do you want to see at the next European meeting? Just very quickly, maybe just take a few seconds like, to share topics that you'd like to see. I like this idea of leadership and I, I really feel like MSLs are, are, at, the, are at the prow of, the, uh, of this big ocean liner. And I, and I really feel like they're ambassadors. So a little bit more about how uh, MSLs can be ambassadors for medical science uh, and, and for their organization and for, okay. and for their patients. Viorica, maybe provide us with a European perspective also. I think in line with what Meg was saying is how do we communicate? Because we were good in doing a lot of stuff in medical, but we are not quite good in communicating what we are doing and highlighting our value. So that's why probably this question of ROI is coming here. So that will be good to discuss with others and see how do we communicate our value within the company. And okay, so you'd like to see it covered more next yeah. next time. Okay. I would, I would love to see a, um, a session or a workshop on really taking maybe a, a data set and then a product and kind of doing a workshop through it to, to even bring it all the way out and say to yourself, all right, so, so this is our findings, this is our information, this is what we want to do, and then almost do a, a live presentation on, on maybe some results that could have happened from it and how do you sell it internally to the different departments as Meg talks about. And, um, and what is, you know, what is the benefit of the program? Was it a success or was it not? And looking mm -hmm. at it a full circle like you would, um, because there's amazing people in the organization of MAPS, uh, very smart, very articulate. And it is amazing when we have those workshops um, to hear from the different people who have experience that you may or may not have. So when we're in that mix, the, the moments of really takeaway really happen live there. And for me, it's really about how do we elevate the medical affairs organization as a whole through communication, education, how, you know, your mentoring program is great. It is at every level though. How do we take medical to the next level? And that is always, you know, that's kind of my message. And that is being able to have the value conversation. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm looking forward to the next meeting. Uh, I know that there's a lot of innovation to come. And like Mark and all of you mentioned, there's a lot of new content that uh, MAPS delivers, I think, to all of us. And, uh, you know, when we do consider that innovation, you know, let's, since the meeting took place at, in France, in Paris, you know, that Eiffel Tower in the beginning, it was actually protested by a lot of the elite, you know, by the engineers, Nuguier and uh, Coquelin, Matt Coquelin, that, when they, the architects, they, they persisted though, right? And uh, even though the aristocrats elite called it a disaster, it's now a trade, you know, landmark for everyone to see. So next meeting will take place in Portugal, in Lisbon, Portugal. So our mm. new president of MAPS, Emilia, is Joao Diaz. So uh, make sure to start planning it and putting it on your calendar. So with this community, this close-knit community that we're building, we're also able to leave an important impression, you know, in, in that country. I know we did that in New Orleans at the global meeting, and we probably did it in France. We'll hear more about from Viorica about that. But uh, where would you like to see the next 
European meeting after I Portugal. Two, after Portugal, I have, I have two cities actually, okay. three cities. I like Florence and Barcelona. Florence and Barcelona. Okay. Mm. What about the others? I would say Berlin. Milan. <laughs> so Berlin. Okay. And Mila Milan. Oh, Milan. Okay. Nice. I'm and very flexible. I I, I like food. <laughs> <school. laughs> you know what I mean. If you give me some good food and, and uh, some good entertainment, I think we're in good shape. So I'm yes. very flexible. Okay, I like that, Mark. I, I used to have this rule that I only travel to places where I speak the language or I like the food. But I'm, I'm kind of I'm extending that definition. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't have to speak the language. Even if, if the food is good, if my medical affairs colleagues are there like you guys, then, then I'm going to be there. You can exactly. count on uh, well, I'll I'll share some pictures here of some. This is Georgia. This is Tbilisi, Georgia, because I was born in Eastern Europe in in the small country. I, I you know, look, this is a dream. Why not? Why not meet here? Okay, Tbilisi, Georgia, uh, wine drinking place, right? And then Italy, maybe Rome. Uh, we went to Paris. Why not go to Rome as well? Maybe. So with those pictures, with those images. Looking forward into our next MAPS EMEA meeting. Join us. Join MAPS. Join the European meeting. Uh, thanks. Thanks, everyone. Oh, we have some votes, okay, for next uh, play. Mary Glockel votes Barcelona. So we have two votes for Barcelona. Uh, yes. Oh, she's hanging out with Meg. Mary Glockel going to hang out with you, Meg. <laughs> and Gorana. Gorana Dasic. So, oh, here's a comment idea. that I missed earlier. Maybe also consider to bring representative of prescribers and patients and hear from them what their needs and priorities are. So, yeah, we, and that came in, actually, that came out in one of the insight sessions that Eureka, Mark, that all three of us were in. Mm. Uh, when I asked the audience, are we missing something in terms of insights? Who are we getting insights from? There was a very emphatic uh, comment from one of the attendees on patient advocacy or getting patient right. insights. So, um, yeah, and she votes for Dubrovnik. Of course. Okay, Garana. Well, thank you very much. Uh, join, add to this conversation, add your comments, what you found valuable. Um, and so have a great day. A great rest of the day. Thanks. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.